Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Football Podcast. Our thanks as ever to Rehoy and Son for their support of the show. My name is Tony Kerr and with me as ever is Gareth Prevo. Hi Tony. And James Faller. Hi Tony. Good to see you guys. Um, coming up after another good weekend for GFC, we'll play our full interview with Matt Loring um, in the goals again this week and having a, a fantastic season. We caught up with him um, yeah, to talk about the change in fortunes or certainly the change in atmosphere um, around GFC this season um, and his own good form. We'll also talk youth football after a good result for Sylvan's under-18s in Jersey Cup competition at the weekend and checking on what's going on in the leagues. Um, but we're going to start with the Premier League because uh, um, yeah, potentially an important week in the FNB Premier League title race um, with two big games either side of Grandfort Road on Tuesday night uh, where it'll be North against Rovers and Rec against St Martins. Let's just touch on what happened at the weekend though, guys. Uh, first of all, um, well, two games didn't happen. I'll say I know. <laughs> Highly eventful. <laughs> I hope that the uh, all four teams turn up in Grandport Road this weekend. <laughs> Anything to say about Rovers for Rangers nil or North for Sylvans one? I was at Rangers Rovers on on Saturday, as were most of the Vale Rec team as well. Um, but yeah, it was uh, to be fair. First half was actually pretty competitive. Um, Rangers made it very difficult for Rovers. I mean, Rovers always looked the more likely to score, but they they didn't really create a huge amount in that first half. They were rather sort of frustrated by a, a very youthful Rangers who um, they looked well organised in that first half and uh, yeah made life difficult up until about the half hour mark when Luke Ozier, um popped up at a corner to give Rovers the lead. And you're sort of wondering, you know, if they could keep that up, they might be able to sort of perhaps uh, pull off a bit of a shock in the second half. But Rovers, they sort of went up a couple of gears in the second half and they were um, very deserved 4-0 winners in the end with uh, Keir Donaldson, um, Shea Goddard and Maximson Cohen getting on the score sheet. They were very dominant in that second half. And uh, yeah, as as uh, um, Kevin Gillie said to me afterwards, it, it was very much um, just getting over a potential banana skin there. And th- there are perhaps bigger tests to come, but um, that was one he was he was delighted to get through, and especially with um, uh, Sammy Hall and uh, Aidan Mackay getting some time off the bench. Uh, their squad's looking stronger as they go into February. Well, yeah. I was going to say, it says a lot about the Rovers squad that actually the team from the one that was playing 12 months ago to the day is markedly different. You know, I mean, Aidan and Sam Hall coming back. I mean, Sam obviously was kind of everybody's recognised star player of last year, but there's probably, I'd say, more than half the team has, has changed from, from, from the team that was leading the table this time last year. And that's, uh, you know, I don't think many teams could carry uh, carry that kind of, uh, you know, or sustain those kind of losses and, uh, and still be where they are. Well, let's hear what Kevin Gillies had to say about that 4-0 win against Rangers. Does that feel like a bit of a sort of potential banana skin overcome there? Definitely, yeah. Um, you know, it's always going to be a tough game. Um, you know, you never quite know what you're going to get with Rangers, yeah. to be honest. You know, they're, they're, um, you know, they're hot and cold. But, you know, on a tight pitch, um, it's always tricky. And, uh, you know, first half we made hard work of it, I thought. You know, it was, it was, it was sort of nip and tuck. Uh, we invited a bit too much pressure on ourselves, but second half, we looked a different team and thoroughly deserved it yeah. in the end. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to, at half-time, I think I actually tweeted the fact, I, th- I thought you were sort of missing a bit of, or lacking a bit of cutting edge, which is a bit unusual for you yeah. guys. Yeah, definitely. We that's, I mean, we found ourselves sort of a bit hemmed in and we couldn't really play to our strengths. Um, so we changed a couple of things at half-time and, and it worked. Yeah, I was going to say, second half is actually surprisingly comfortable. Actually, after that first half, it was a pretty different story, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I thought we looked a lot fitter. Um, I thought Rangers tired a bit. Um, we looked stronger, and we had options off the bench where they didn't. So, I think in the end, that's that's what told. Um, 
you know, it was great to get some players back. A couple of, you know, minutes in the legs for a couple of lads. And it's, uh, you know, it's a lot better looking over at a change of room that's full rather than, you know, rather than scraping. So I was going to say, most pro coaches would be pretty envious of having some guys like sort of Sammy Hall and Aidan McKay's come off the bench as well. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, you know, it shows how well we've done without them as well. Yeah. You know, I think people forget that they haven't been around for so long and, you know, we still, you know, we still win performing. So if we can get them back, but do it right, get the minutes at the right time, you know, make sure that we look after him. It's a shame, you know, we had this run of fixtures now and not in a couple of weeks, really, you know, cause they would, they would have been, you know, they would have been fit for it, but yeah. we'll, um, you know, we'll look to get them involved and, and hopefully they can help bolster us for the running. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now we've just, just entered February. I mean, it must feel like getting towards that business end now. It does, especially with the fixture list we've got for the next, for, for February. You know, we've got seven games in February, which is, so it's every Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, sort of, you know, it's, it's pretty um, pretty relentless. And, and, you know, the fixtures are tough. You know, we've got sort of North, Sylvans, Wreck and Saints all in a row. So, uh, you know, the massive games and just delighted to start with three points and no injuries and a, a fit squad. So, yeah, we look forward to the rest of the uh, rest of the month. Kevin Giddy speaking to you there, Gareth. Um, is it fair to say the Premier League has sort of, well, certainly the Premier League title race has, has been sort of bubbling away quietly this season, but um, with yeah, the sort of big games to come, um, it's hotting up quite nicely now. Uh, when you look at sort of like the upcoming fixtures on the website, the next couple of weeks, you just re you get really quite excited about what could potentially happen. You know, we could be a lot of twists and turns coming. Um, you know, by the end of February, it's almost anyone's guess as to which of the top three will be top by that by that point. But uh, yeah, there's, there's certainly some uh, excitement to be had in the next couple of weeks. Well, to be honest, I mean, at least one of those could be out of it by the uh, by the end of February. Possibly, yeah, but I wouldn't like to call who that would be. Exactly. You know, you're going to nail your colours to the mask well, right now. Well, as we said, now three-horse race, isn't it? Uh, Wreck, Rovers, and Saints. Saints two games behind, but if they win them both, they'd go level with Rovers. So you know, it is it is all to play for at the top of the table. And indeed, I still think that teams lower down might have a chance of taking something off other teams as well. So. Well, definitely. Nothing is clear cut. No, I mean, definitely the way, by all accounts, North played very well on Saturday against uh, a Sylvan side who were sort of without quite a few of their under-18s because of their Jersey Cup involvement. But, you know, North, uh, they've, they've got some, a Jeremy Cup semi-final to come up in March, I believe. So they're, they're obviously sort of playing for their places. They've still got quite a bit to play for this season, even though they're not title contenders this time round. So they'll be looking to um, um, have an impact on whoever wins the title. And, you know, when Sylvans get their full side out, they'll also be a, a, a match for pretty much most teams. So there's still a lot to be uh, lot to be decided. Well, one of North's real issues has been no cutting edge, isn't it? You know, um, a team full of midfielders. I'm sure that Keane Domal, now he's kind of you know, regularly playing for for North, is, uh, is the guy who's going to make a difference. Yeah, so it's North Rovers, Rex Saints on Tuesday night. Um, both 7.30 kickoffs um, will be down there, uh, well, across both games. Um, so we'll have... Uh, yeah, full coverage uh, in the pages of the Guernsey Press this week um, right across the FNB Premier League title race. Um, right, let's talk GFC next because they had a, another very good weekend. Um, it's going very well for the Green Lions at the moment. 3-1, they won away at Ashford Town. Um, I've watched the highlights back. In fact, I was watching, I, I tried to watch as much as I could live on the Facebook stream, but when the Ashford goal went in, I couldn't. I looked away for a brief second. I couldn't work out quite how it ended up in the back of the net where it did. Um, a slightly fortuitous goal, although in the end, well taken from them. But um, yeah, it certainly looked like GFC were, were well deserving for those three points. Yeah, very much so. Um, 
you know, typically at the moment, you, you talk about GFC, you're talking Matt Loring and uh, Charlton Govine. So they're the ones who scored the three goals between them this time with uh, Ross Allen not available for, for this trip. But yeah, by all accounts, um, certainly having spoken to Tony Vance today, he was very pleased with the performance and he, he thought it was a, a thoroughly merited victory over there. It's the first time Gainsley FC have ever beaten Ashford. It's the fifth time they've played them. So um, that's it's nice to um, put that one right, and uh, yeah, it's it just gets them another step closer to safety now. And um, I think they're 13 points ahead of the relegation zone in Isthmian South Central, so they're, they're they're looking in a pretty healthy state compared to not that long ago, really. Yeah, let's say. Do you think that uh, their relegation worries are over? Um, personally, yes, I do. <laughs> Also manager and he keeps he keeps muttering on something about well, we still need to get to about forty points. So um, he's uh, he, he's not being pessimistic, but he, he doesn't want to get ahead of himself. I suppose the issue, yeah, I mean the issue you could very easily slip back into nineteenth, but the two in the relegation spots are, are well. Well, you say that Binfield hadn't won a game for their first twenty, and I think they've won three out of the last four or five because they've had typically in these situations a change of manager, several players coming in and, and they are suddenly hit some decent form. But um, yeah, I think uh, as long as GF, GFC keeps sort of five or six teams below them, they'll be pretty comfortable. And I mean... Well, some, I think GFC and Benfield are the two four sides <laughs> in the bottom half of the table. Yeah, yeah, they're the ones who keep winning. But certainly from what I've seen of GFC this season, I've seen a lot of them at home and um, I, I wouldn't be worried about them um, being in any relegation trouble come April. I think they've got plenty about them. They look to me as good as a lot of the teams chasing the playoff places. I mean, there's always a couple of teams in these leagues who are perhaps a step above the rest, but um, GFC, they've, they've sort of found their feet. They're, they're now scoring goals, um, which... Um, perhaps they struggled a bit with early in the season and, and they've got a, a very good vibe about them at the moment. So, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be worried about them finishing in the bottom two for sure. Yeah, they definitely seem to be looking up, I think. Uh, yeah, potentially, you could say, on course, if they carry on as they are, for their best finish since um, the first season at this level when they reached the playoffs. I mean, OK, they haven't sort of got close to matching that playoff um, potential since then. But um, yeah, on course for uh, for a good finish uh, if things carry on as they are. And um, yeah, as you say, the two men who are kind of firing them towards that are Charlton Govine and Matt Loring. We're going to hear from Matt Loring in a moment. Um, we spoke to him before the most two recent wins. But quick word on Charlton Govine because yeah, he scored again. I think, is it five games in a row now? Five in a row, yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't know if you've seen you've seen the highlights only but the goal the way he took it on Saturday it verged on being cocky it was just <laughs> it was it, it was just sublime the way he took it it was sort of like a, a ball it was a clearance from the from the goalkeeper for Ashford which then got headed sort of straight back and Charlton was one on one with him and rather than just sort of try and lob him with the first touch and for it to go in the goal he took it over his head and then just watched it come back down onto his foot beautifully controlled and then just side footed it in while the, while the keeper was desperately trying to get back and it was just yeah, it, it, it was just a, just a lovely bit of skill. And um, by all account, what Tony Vance told me, he was um, playing as a number nine on Saturday, Charlton, in the in the absence of Ross. And obviously Sam Murray's unfortunately out for quite a while yet. Um, but by all accounts, he was absolutely brilliant. And um, he caused he caused Ashford, Ashford trouble all day long and uh, thoroughly deserved his goal. Hasn't Tony Vance called him the best player in the league? He's called him the best player of the league. He's he calls him. He said we're very lucky to have him. Um, I'm sure he is. But he, I mean, you've seen a lot of the games this season. Do you think, from what you've seen, is he the best player in the league? Um, I haven't seen a better player than him for sure. Um, certainly in terms of just um, posing a threat to to opposition from almost wherever he's playing. I mean, 
Personally, I prefer to see him sort of starting out wider. He has more space out there and he can influence the game from there. I mean, he often starts more central as well. Um, but yeah, he's he's been outstanding. And uh, it's just a case of sort of keeping him fit, keeping him available. Um, and it's sort of just with that, it, he almost brings GFC up the league. I mean, obviously, Ross Allen has a, has a big say in things as well. I mean, whenever Ross plays, he tends to score. And um, as Tony Vance said, Matty Loring this year is, you can almost he's give him... the same, the, isn't he? Well, you can sort of give him almost the player of the season now because he's been just just been um, such a, a great driving force. He's really taken his uh, sort of leadership role um, on his back and, and carried it really well. But yeah, it's, those three have just, um, they've just shown their class over the last couple of months. And that is why GFC are rising up the table and not looking over their shoulders as they were. Yeah, great example as well for the younger players in the squad. Um, let's hear that interview then with Matt Loring. He came into our pod studio here at the Guernsey Press. Um, before the two uh, most recent victories, uh, where of course he added to his goal tally. Um, but it was great to catch up with him about his run of form and life as a green line in general. Matt, welcome to the pod. Thanks Thank for coming you. in. Yeah, no problem. How's it all going? Yeah, good. Yeah, I think we've obviously you'll you'll know we've had a bit of an indifferent season so far as as per usual. Bad start and <laughs> sort of picking up after Christmas, which seems to be a bit of a <laughs> recurrent theme for us. But I think we're we're happy with sort of where we are going in a lot of ways. I think we're travelling up the table, but at the same time we've got players coming in that we're happy with this season some of the young lads so I think genuinely I think it is looking good and looking up we're looking optimistic for the next few years I think yeah. now for for the first time in a while I think so yeah I think we do fancy ourselves at home against most sides and you know we've had we've had a tough few years even though we've you know it's been difficult over the last couple of years I I don't remember many teams that's come to foot slain where I've thought they were genuinely just a, a much better mm. side than us. Um, not often. We might have taken a few hidings sometimes, but that's that you know that yeah. sport hap that's happens in sport, and there's reasons reasons for that. But yeah, I think we do need to be more confident in ourselves. And I think, like I said before, we've got good players coming in at the moment, or that have, that have come in, so I should say. And you know, there's no reason why we shouldn't be looking at at least every home game and saying we should be getting something out of the game. Um, I don't think I've seen anything this season particularly where where I've thought, you know, these teams are too good. Um, there's been, I think the worst we've had is probably like a 4-0 or 4-1, which, you know, it's not a great scoreline, but, you know, there's there's been no outclassings, I don't think. So, um, but obviously it, it's all, um, you know, situ you know, it depends on the situation because going away on a Wednesday night somewhere mm. when you've got 12, 13 people might be missing some of your, you know, you know your more experienced players maybe that have been used to that kind of thing. Then we probably look at approaching the game differently mm. um and even just generally away games so it is difficult it is hard to travel um it's not an excuse it just is what it is um sometimes points away from home you know whilst you need to you know if we want to progress to the next step which is getting close to playoffs you need to be turning those to three but at the at the, at the moment you know anything away from home is a good result for us mm. so it depends but uh, yeah i agree at home i think we should be looking at almost every game as something that we we can win I was going to say, in terms of, there's something actually I was, I was speaking to Tony Vance about last week. Um, it's, it's funny how the fixtures sort of lined up, but we played Thatcham Town recently and beat them here. And almost exactly a year to the day, we'd lost them at home in a really, really dire game. One of the worst I think I've probably ever seen GFC at home. Um, but in terms of like where we are 12 months on, Vance, he said, is well, basically chalk and cheese. Does it feel like that within the group? Yeah, for sure. Because I, I, I remember this sort of time last season 
Um, and it, it wasn't that we were getting, um, you know, it might be the rub of the green that we'd lo lost out or just generally, you know, looking at saying sometimes in sport, these things happen, you won't get in three points. It was that we weren't even creating chances to score and that kind of thing. And it did feel like going into the game, you know, I don't think anyone goes in there thinking they're going to lose or anything, but I think it was it was that, you know, that thought process of every day of, is someone going to do it? Who's going to do it for us today? Or, you know, how are we going to stitch together something to get some points here? And so, but, so there is a massive, massively different mentality, I think, in the, in the group this year. Um, so, yeah, I would, I would, I'd agree with Tony on that one big mm -hmm. time. I think we're, we're a different unit this year and we might not be that different in terms of where we are in the league really at this point but um i think performances show that we should be a lot higher than we are this mm. season um so but then that's like i said before that's the next step for us i think that's what we've got what what have we got to learn from to to turn those those narrow losses into into points mm. um because even you know you add a few points to our, our tally and it if we'd have won i think on wednesday we'd have gone to 14 so it's so tight mm. that adding just a few points can turn you from a you know, fighting relegation to a mid-table team. And then again, if you're a mid-table team, it doesn't take a lot to turn you into a, one that's pushing for playoffs. Mm -hmm. So, but yes, it's just stitching it together, I think, because, um, yeah, some, sometimes I feel like we either have a good start or a good finish or vice versa, mm -hmm. but we never seem to be consistent over a season, so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in terms of sort of personally, though, uh, consistency is the kind of name of the game for you this season because you've been you've been exceptional. I think Tony said after the game last week you sh they should be giving you the Player of the Season trophy already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you feel like you're in the form of your life? Yeah, and, and I think he'd, um, he'd probably feel like he's killed me there because I, I, <laughs> on Wednesday night I got slightly injured. So, yeah, it's, one of those, it's that's absolutely sod's law, isn't it? But, um, yeah, I, I sort of, I felt like I was, I'm in the same sort of place I was last year. Um, maybe things didn't quite fall in the same way they have for me this year so far. I think everyone goes through purple patches and I think I was kind of going through one at the moment, trying to keep on top of it, but... Um, I have I sort of have got myself fitter I think over the last couple of seasons and that that helps I always sort of backed my own ability with in terms of like technically as all of our all of you know all the players on our team do I think um, but yeah I think the, the fitness side of it has helped me massively and, and that sort of led me to have a bit of a stronger mentality as well I think I've gone from thinking you know oh am I going to be in the team this week and I need to show a bit more to knowing that I'm playing okay at the moment playing well going to be probably playing and having that confidence to kick on so and I think confidence is is probably the key with me really I think that's probably why I've been doing well this season so hopefully I can continue but um, luckily I don't think Wednesday nights was too bad of an injury so I think I'm hoping I'm not travelling tomorrow but hopefully Wednesday I'll be back for so that's good to hear I mean I, I, not to bring in my own football history but as someone who's kind <laughs> of last long <laughs> <laughs> but as someone who's kind of fluctuated uh, personally in sort of weight and fitness more so on one side than the other but it's a really subtle thing when you do get fitter you don't you kind of you sort of you forget what you're actually capable of or like suddenly you feel like things are just easier and and sure. you're kind of you know you yeah it's, it's this weird sort of mental thing yeah 100 percent. and i think like um you notice it more when you're fitter you just you get time in the ball more because you're you're putting yourself into the best possible position all the time um and i think you know the willingness to run forward and back you you just it, it creates opportunities for you that if you weren't covering the distance you wouldn't get um so and I, I think I've, i'm feeling strong in my running at the moment so you know from i've been playing center mid quite a lot 
And um, I think I've scored quite a lot of goals just by virtue of getting to the box at the right time. Yeah. Um, I, I, I couldn't say I've scored any sort of like worldies or anything like that. They've all been similar goals, actually, just getting into the box and being in the right place. So, um, And I think that largely comes down to fitness. Do you sort of relish the fact that you're one of the more senior players with these younger lads sort of having joined last summer? Um, I'm sure sort of Vancey would be looking for yourself, Ross, Doddy, to sort of stand up and sort of show an example, I suppose, in that regard. I mean, are you relishing that sort of role? Yeah, I think so. Um, and it's nice because I sort of when GFC started, I remember being one of those sort of endless creativity players that we had that were sort of putting the ball there for your doms and Rosses. And, and I feel like it's kind of gone full circle. And now we've got, you know, those players like Owen, um, you know, Niall, who are quick, strong, young lads that are doing a lot of running when we look at the stats after the game. Um, good players, good on the ball and creating chances for us. And Charlton obviously creates a lot of chances. And so sort of me and Ross are probably, um, you know, benefiting a lot from that now um, towards the end of our career. So, um so yeah, it's nice in a way. So yeah, it's kind of, like I said, it's kind of gone full circle. Yeah, yeah, because it's been a, a statistically significant season as well for you. Hasn't it? Obviously, your, your goal the other day took you uh, clear in second place, still some way behind Ross. Yeah, um, <laughs> but I don't think anyone's ever going to catch him. No. Um, and appearance-wise, you're sort of neck and neck now with uh, with Doddy, yeah. uh, matching each other. I think was it 375 now for That's you, right, yeah. which is it's an unbelievable figure to have reached. Yeah. Um, I mean, when you think back to the start of the whole project, could you have seen yourself playing? 375 games for yeah I don't the club. I can't I don't think at that then I'd sort of thought of the end and I, I'm sort of approaching the end now. and it's like one of those things I think you only really reflect towards the end don't you but at, at, at that time I think when I look back at it my motivation was just trying to cement myself as a regular and just do what I could to you know show that I could play at that level um so but now that's yeah now that I'm sort of getting towards the end I am reflecting on the start and probably a bit more of those I am looking at those stats I'm desperate to get to 100 goals before I finish and and probably to, to 400 appearances maybe and try and try and get those goals in as few games as I, I can achieve sort of thing so but yeah it's um yeah it's, I mean, the chance are that could come this season yeah but I mean do you uh, we sort of ask everyone or I find for myself ask everyone now when you look at someone like Dave Maris at is he 43 now um you know you've got years left potentially yeah. Uh, so you put pressure on everyone to kind of... Yeah, I've continue. had that conversation with Vance recently. I sort of put my cards on the table and he, he said, you know, he, I don't think he's sort of wants me to, to throw the towel in too soon. But uh, it's one of those. I think it's it's part of GFC though, isn't it? Because it's it's a probably the most professional, brilliant setup to be a part of without being professional. So, um, you know, and we've all got jobs, kids and everything, you know. So it's, it's that balancing act and... Um, so, you know, I'd, I want to continue as long as I can. But then I th part of me thinks, um, you know, I don't want to be like taking any opportunities away from the younger players as well. And I think, you know, at the moment, I don't feel like I'm doing that because I think it's we've got a good mix of young players and more experienced players. But um, I don't know, I, th I, I feel like I'll know the, the right time. It probably isn't just quite yet, but it's not far away, I don't think. Is there any banter between you and Doddy with regards to the, the record appearance holder? There actually isn't. I don't think either of us have even mentioned it. <laughs> Honestly, I don't, yeah. Um, we haven't, other than to probably just to congratulate each other or like, you know, yeah. in the, the odd moment and stuff. So, but no, um, not really. And we just, I think we're both the same in that we just, we kind of probably can't quite let it go. And we, yeah. we probably just want to keep going as long as we can. Yeah. So, and, and I know Doddy's, he's probably thinks the same way that is, is he hasn't got too much longer and that I, I just, but he's a warrior and mentality, just keep putting himself out there and he keeps, keeps doing it. So fair play to him. Yeah. And between the two of you, obviously, you know, you, you know, 
what it's like to be a part of GFC better than anyone else. Um, what, what's your kind of view on the appetite for the younger players to be involved? Because it does seem like that sort of what we now 11, 12 years into to the GFC project that that there is a real drive from young players to be to be getting involved in, and pushing themselves. Yeah, and I and it's I sort of really happy with that this season actually. Like like I said, with with the guys that have come in with Seb Bowen, um, you know, and even last season with Brandon and Keane, um, and obviously Solly. There's a lot of players coming through now. Um, probably miss out a few as well, but. Um, yeah, I, I can't put my finger on. I've had this conversation so many times over the last few years. With I, there's there's probably a pretty big gap between sort of my age group, um, sort of early thirties, and you know early to mid twenties. There's probably a good five, six, seven year age gap where we haven't had a huge number of players come through. Um, and I'm not sure if it's it's the you know well, I don't know whether it's an appetite thing or that. You know, I, I really can't put my finger on it. I don't know why, but it has. I don't think it definitely has impacted GFC um, for sure because we we haven't had um, com comparatively we haven't been as competitive over the last you know probably that that period of time seven eight years. So we 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 had a lot of very very good players from that early era that na few natural sort of wastage I guess is this has gone away from from for age reasons or whatever or other reasons and we just haven't had those people coming through and yeah I, just, I don't know why um but yeah it's really pleasing this season or and and from last because I think you probably you know not even forgetting some of the players that have gone away as well yeah probably had seven eight at least players come through that are you know under 20 which is what we desperately needed I think yeah, if you chucked in the players that have gone away, we'd be yeah. Like, I mean, look away. You might be struggling to get the team. That's, yeah, and that's it. And that and, yeah. and that's what I was saying yeah. before. You know, I, I think I'll know that time yeah. and that when that time comes. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, and imagine where we'd be in the league. It might be completely different. We might we might be a top half mm -hmm. of the table team pushing, trying to you know catch those playoffs or whatever. But um, so yeah, I think things are definitely looking more positive for us as a team for sure. When you're in sort of like the heat of the action, Matt, do you, I mean, I've been watching sort of like a lot this season. I've seen the growth in sort of Owen Woolbridge and, and Niall Haynes with people like, when you're sort of playing alongside them, obviously concentrating on what your role is, do you actually notice their growing confidence as well? Hugely. Yeah, yeah, massively, massively. Yeah, those those two in particular as well. I think those two are sort of the, the players that have stood out for me this season. Um from yeah, from from the lads that have come in, so um, yeah, they've 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 come into their own big time, uh, and it is and it and and especially for younger players, confidence is is massive. And I think if it is for any any sports person, but even so, at that age, I think when you're coming and you're not really sure yourself, you're not sure of the surroundings, that sort of thing. You know, you might all your friends that you used to play with throughout, you know, for the last ten years or whatever, they're not there, and it can I I, I guess it can feel daunting in that respect, but. Um, but yeah, they they they've come on really well, um, and they they fit into the team really well, and you know, and, and and they'll they'd say I'm sure that it's for any player that was thinking about you know have given it a go, any young player, uh, you know, it, it shouldn't feel daunting because it is a really actually a nice group of lads, and all the young young guys get welcomed in and they feel at home straight away. So, um, so and I'm, I'm sure that's probably contributed to them sort of stepping on as well. Because what is the process now? In terms of training and getting into GFC, as I gather, you know Tony doesn't sort of call someone up and say "come along." It's just, no. it's an open invite. But are you getting a lot of players who perhaps aren't quite there but are training with you and and, and are looking to be involved? Yeah, you get you get the fair few, um, and I think some you know there can be other factors as well. Like I think a few players that were sort of 
um, in and around some of the younger ones might have been going to university and that sort of thing. And I know Simon Arnold played, um, he's played a couple of times a season for us. And I know he's he's sort of been in and around at training and sort of come. So there's there's a few. And and um, Solly Van Solway was sort of training with us a bit and then still playing his club football. So um, I think it's that, that nervousness, I guess, for players to properly commit to it, thinking, you know, and, and I understand it because they, they don't want, they probably feel like they're happy with what they're doing in their club football. They're probably doing really well. Um, do I want to trade that in for, mm. you know, struggling and trying to fight my way into mm. GFC and would I enjoy it? That kind of thing. And then there's the travel and everything. So I sort of understand that. But yeah, there's there's a few more coming in. And I Hopefully more and more, you know, take the plunge and go for it because it, it, it really isn't anything to be scared of, I don't think. And it, I think it'll benefit players. So Yeah, certainly um, in terms of, youngsters and and the uh like the appetite for coming into gfc you still see a lot of kids at the end of games they, they come down and really enjoy the games and they're all sort of high-fiving at the end of games and what have you um in terms of, sort of like your development what what was your focus sort of in your perhaps mid-teens what you wanted to do because obviously gfc wasn't actually around quite then you know no. yeah so i think Early to mid-teens, I was I was still thinking about possibly trying to make it professionally, and I, yeah. I had some trials, and um, I went away with um, with Kieran as well, um, Mahon. Obviously, we went we went to do a few of these like week trips away, where you'd spend like soccer CV, those kind of things. We'd play a week, and then you'd play in front of some scouts at the end, and I did quite well in those, and got a few few trials out of it. Never really quite happened for me and um in the in the trials I even though I felt like I did well and the the players that I was playing with there um all gave me really good feedback and so did the coaches it, for one reason or another it didn't quite work out and shortly after that when I came back I started getting a lot of hamstring injuries um and it really at that point I think it just in my own mentality it just put pay to it for me and I I sort of just concentrated on school and thought I'll I'll try and do the best I can and get a, get a job local and just enjoy football um, and, I, and, I, and when I look back on it I do think I personally I was sort of losing some of the enjoyment out of it when it got a bit more pressured and so I, I you know I, I'm not sure it was for me um, so but things could have been differently sorry things could have been different for me I think um, but it just I, th I think if you'd have had the same link with Bristol City from the start, I think there could have been more players that could have jumped and maybe not all got into Premier League, but could have made a career out of playing professionally. But um, but yeah, that was my focus at the time. And then, like I said, when after I got my injuries, I was just trying to get back playing because that's what I wanted to do is just from an enjoyment perspective. And then I started, I remember as I was sort of coming through that and trying to learn how to manage my injuries a little bit better, that was when I started sort of um, engaging with Tony and Colin at that time and then the whispering started coming out that you know GFC might be starting what it might look like and and that was basically it was just before um, that GFC kicked off is when I really broke into the first team the, the Guernsey team so it all just sort of like worked yeah. nicely for me I think at the time yeah for sure um, yeah did you have any sort of like local heroes? Or so? I mean, nowadays yourself and Ross and people like that, the kids look up to you guys. Did you have anyone sort of locally when you were growing up you enjoyed watching or anything like that? Yeah, so um, I, I used to, I used to be north um, when I was a, young, a youngster. So I, I remember on Saturdays we used to just, after it doesn't work like this any, anymore, obviously, and it's, it's a bit of a shame, but I remember I used to train minis on Saturday morning and then the Priya game would be on in this sort of midday-ish. And I remember coming down and, you know, watching that sometimes and then, you know, you you'd, sometimes you would barely be able to stand around the outside or get a seat. So mm -hmm. we'd sit in front of the the, the stand in the north and some, some of my friends. So 
and we yeah i'd remember seeing like you know your um probably you know, people like dave Ruhr at the time actually yeah probably like <laughs> that'll make him feel older not, not, to, not to kill him up yeah, but he was probably young at the time you know probably later in his teens sort of thing but i remember he was he was a player that i thought he's a really good really good player um and like and a lot of players that i ended up playing with like stuart polson and gavin yeah. age like, i remember thinking they're they're really good players and um and then i ended up yeah probably because the thing is as i started playing prio when i was 15 16 back then so yeah it wasn't too long after yeah. and i was playing with those guys so but yeah i remember look, looking at those sort of players and thinking they were they were top class and yeah to be fair to pedders he made his prio debut very young so you know yeah he was yeah he was he was playing for a good few years yeah yeah so yeah. um outstanding <laughs> yeah and well, yeah, for sort of from inside GFC, what, what's your feeling about the kind of overall health of Guernsey football at the moment? Um, so, yeah, I think Guernsey FC has, has been a positive thing from my perspective in a lot of ways. I think, um, you know, I know that there was there was some, you know, disagreement probably locally when GFC first started. Because I think I understand when you take a certain amount of players out of the game um, and the local game, sorry, and, and, you know, they're not playing Prio anymore. That's going to have an impact on that at that level I think we've gone past that point now um, so I don't think that's quite that can be quite an excuse anymore um, and I think it gives if you look at it just from a pathway perspective and what some of the players um, have done obviously with Alex you could almost look at him in an, as an anomaly but there's been a few more obviously two or three more that have, that have started that same journey um, so you know that that is a massive positive because um, obviously in terms of professional players before before this is this link there's not been a huge amount from over here. So even though we've had a lot of talent, so that that's one success. Um, I think when you look at um, us competing against, like, say, Jersey, um, in like the Ratties and that sort of stuff, we're obviously very disappointed with where what we're doing at the moment. You know, we've had we our recent um, you know results haven't been good enough. But I think you have to look at where the journey they're on as well. And, you know, they're probably on a similar journey we were on when GFC first started, when we won, I think, like three or four on, on a row. So, um, yeah, I think it could be it could be better, but then uh, then there's things to celebrate about it at the same time. So um, I must, I've must i got to confess, I don't see much of the Prio. I, I keep an eye on who's who's sort of doing well and, and, and the teams that, that, that are sort of up there. But... I don't watch a, a huge amount of Prio at the moment, but um, the players that have come from the Prio into GFC have been pretty fantastic. So there's obviously a lot of talent that's still mm -hmm. in there. Um, and then went, and obviously when GFC had that mini break and we were, a, a lot of the GFC players went and played Prio, it wasn't, you know, it's good, good standard. It wasn't easy yeah. at all, you know, so it's, it's, it's a good, it's a good standard, it's a good player, isn't it? So, um, do you find it surreal seeing Alex doing what he's doing now? I mean, obviously everyone knew how good he was compared to local players, I suppose. Yeah. We were too good for Guernsey in that yeah. regard. No disrespect to anybody, but watching match of the day and seeing Alex Scott on there, who was a teammate of yours not very long ago, really. I mean, 100%. is it surreal? <laughs> yeah, it does seem surreal. Um, and yeah, I was, I've, I was weirdly, I was going through my phone the other day and just like um, looking through WhatsApp and I saw there was an old message that he'd sent me before he'd went to Bristol City. Mm. And I thought, well, it's, it's so weird, doesn't yeah. it? It seems like only yesterday that he was playing for us. Yeah. Um, and then suddenly now, yeah, he's just, uh, there's no stopping him. But um, yeah, I mean, we always knew he was a great player, but I think that's football though, because like, even though he was fantastic in that one, you know, the season that he played for GFC and everyone knew technically what a brilliant player he was. Um, I think it's it's one of those, football is, is strange and I think you can have players like that that can make that huge jump because 
it's it's an 11 versus 11 you know one person can only make so much of a difference in a, in an individual team so you know it just begs the question of how many other players that are playing for guernsey um you know young going straight through could have or can mm. play at a higher level because it's it's i think it's easy to um you know you know get not not get lost but i think you, you you can Alex has shown that he hasn't found didn't find his level and I think that could happen to a lot of players I think because mm. um, in Guernsey unfortunately up until re, obviously when GFC started and some of the options that people have got now yeah you, there's only so far you can go like when I was growing up Marathi football was the pinnacle but now it's more it feels like more what it must do for the younger guys that the sky's more the limit with them um, and they look at Alex and some of the other guys and you know, they they can take heart from that and think they can do it. They can do the same, make the same journey. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's really exciting to see. Yeah, it just I mean, already it seems like there's been an impact on that front. But you know, five ten years down the line, yeah, you know, what, exactly. What, yeah. Kind of, what kind of impact that's had? Just finally, in terms of just to come back to GFC. Um, obviously, we're on the verge of perhaps the kind of the next era of GFC, both in terms of personnel, but uh, moving into the stadium. Hopefully, I guess what next season. Yeah. Possibly. Um, how uh, how much is that a kind of sort of carrot on the horizon for everyone? Yeah, I think I spoke to Ross about that. We'd we'd both love to have a season there, um, just to have our own ground and that sort of thing. It would be it would be quite special. And three G pitch, I think it would suit a lot of our players as well. So obviously a bit tough on the joints, but especially for us older ones. But yeah, I mean, well, I think we really enjoy that. Um, I know a good supplement company. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I know one. Um, but yeah, so that that would be that would be great. Obviously, it's been it's been a long time coming. Um, so yeah, hopefully they can get that. Um, you know, for next season, if it, if not at the start, at some point. Um, so yeah, that that is a carrot for sure. And I've also looked at you know, there's another Island Games next next year. So you know, that could be a natural sort of close as well. I've, there's a few things that I've looked at, but yeah, just not quite sure. Not quite sure when the end's going to be, but there's a few things to look forward to for sure. It's interesting what you say about the 3G. I mean, do you think that could be uh, overall uh, a positive for us? I think so. Yeah, I think it suits us. I think we look when we go to those away games, you know, sometimes when it's midweek and we've it's tough, we've got 12, 13 people. Suddenly when when whoever it is puts on the group, oh, it's a 3G, remember sure to, to bring the right boots. I think uh, genuinely, I feel it and the, the team talk about it. Oh, it's a 3G pitch today. You know, we've got a chance here. Um, yeah, so yeah, it could be. Interesting. Yeah, it could be something that could take us on So to the next level. Well, yeah, looking forward to seeing it. Yeah. Um, well, thanks so much for coming in and having a chat. Uh, yeah, busy month, but yeah, appreciate you making the time. And um, yeah, we'll look forward to seeing how you get on the rest of the season because yeah. uh, it's been a, a great first half. And yeah, here's to uh, a few more goals and a few more appearances. Hopefully, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers guys. Thank you. Matt Loring speaking to Gareth and I there. Um, yeah, fantastic run of form that he's on. Um, let's hope it continues through till the end of the season. GFC back home on Saturday against Hanworth Filler, a 1.30 kickoff. Um, in fact, back-to-back home games because they, they face Chertsey Town, the league leaders, on uh, a week on Wednesday in a 7.45 kickoff. And the way they're playing, it'd be, that's going to be quite an interesting contest. Well, I think, yeah, the Hanworth one will certainly be looked upon as a winnable game. Um, I find it quite funny that uh, Tony Vance decided to take a holiday when Chertsey come to town. So um, <laughs> whether he knows something or I don't know. Well, it is Valentine's Day, though, isn't it? It is, but he's, he's going all the way to Canada. To, to visit. The old romantic, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, it would be interesting, especially if Guernsey FC can get their full side out against Chelsea. It'd just be really it'd be a bit of a good uh, uh, marker as to where they are in their season. I mean, Chelsea are now sort of six months ahead, and Southall are second, who were top for quite a while. They, they seem to be hitting sort of the buffers a bit. So 
It definitely looks like Chelsea are going to be um, ch- sort of champions elect in not too distant future, I think. But uh, yeah, it'd be good to see if uh, GFC can take some points off them. Right before we finish, um, we're going to talk youth football and GFC women because uh, we've been catching up with Anna Govai and, of course, head coach of uh, the Green Lionesses and someone, of course, who's uh, keeping a keen eye on Sylvan's under-18s with her son playing in that side, um, formerly uh, their coach as well. Um, she was in Jersey to see them win through on penalties in the Triga Junior Memorial Trophy. Um, more on that in a moment. But, Jim, closer to home, how, how are things shaping up? Well, it's Sylvan's uh, great result in Jersey. It's always an achievement to go and beat an under-18s team in Jersey. So uh, they've done very well there. Congratulations. And I'd, I'd go as far as to boldly predict they're also going to uh, complete the under-18 league uh, title, which I think uh, they've had their eye on all season. Um, started this, that campaign really knowing that Rangers is probably their closest threat. They've edged them out at least twice, I think. And now have six points clear with the game in hand. And I would see them going on to to win that league, as indeed they're going to do in the under-16s, where they're unbeaten. And uh, I think that's going to be uh, fairly easy. They've already got a five-point lead there, and I think that is going to be a fairly routine title. So a a double uh, coming up out west for Sylvans. Um, Under-15s, this is an intriguing uh, battle, though. I I saw they were... I was at the KG5 while this was on the other side of the of the ground, but um, Rovers and Vale Rec had a thrilling three-all draw the other day, and I think that North and Rec have drawn three-all as well recently, uh, given that Ro- Rovers and North drew earlier in the season, so you've got a situation there where North are three points ahead on Rovers, uh, Rec have a game in hand, and they're on the same points level as Rovers, so still a three-horse race there, and I uh, wouldn't like to put any, any money on who's going to come through. Um, in under 14s, uh, Bale Rec are on top. Um, Rangers Red, who I think won the under 13s title last year, are chasing them, and that looks pretty much a, a two team battle to win that title. And under 13, uh, we've got North on top, played 6 1 6. Nobody else has got such a good record. Uh, I think Rovers are next with uh, two defeats. And Sylvans likewise, so one would expect that title would might be heading to Northfield. But um, yeah, nice to see a decent uh, spread of six or seeming success amongst the uh, amongst the, the junior clubs, because uh, you know you don't like to see any one club dominating the scene. And uh, so yeah, it bodes well for for many clubs for the future. Yeah, certainly at the uh, the older end of the age group. So it is Sylvans that uh, are kind of running away from things, and they had a, as we say a great weekend uh, over in Jersey. The under 18s winning on penalties against. St. Paul's yellow, um, which means they go through to face St. Brellard uh, in the semi-final um, in a few weeks' time, I think the start of March. Um, well, I spoke to Anna Govine a little earlier on. She was uh, pitch side to watch that one, and we also wanted to catch up with her about GFC women following their latest game over in the UK uh, where they lost to Crawley by a single goal in a cup competition. Um, so I wanted to catch up with her about that and to find out uh, a little bit more about what's in store for the rest of the season. But I began by asking her just how that Sylvan's under-18s win played out. Yeah, it was um, really competitive. It wasn't that long ago. They were playing in the Upton uh, last season and got a hammering by that same St Paul's team. So they knew it was going to be a competitive match if they could raise their game a bit. And they did. They started really strongly. Uh, It was close. I think Harry Hodgson scored after 30 minutes. Um, Sylvans took 1-0 lead and then came out second half. St Paul's got a goal back and then it was 
chances of both ends a really competitive game as I say and then yeah one all after full time into extra time a few tired legs a few changes um but yeah they kept the tempo up um and just couldn't put it in the back of the net I mean St Paul's had their chances too Tom and Goal made some really good saves and then yeah still won all after extra time so went to penalties uh we won on penalties 4-2 so Tom made some saves in the shootout as well so yeah really good day oh brilliant and yeah um as you say this side were, were well beaten by St Paul's in the uh in the Upton last time out or the last time they faced them what, what's the difference this time around how, how have they made such sort of progress I think some of the players have um managed to get some time with the Prio they're training with the senior squad most weeks so I think they've just really up their training up their game um and yeah, they, they've gelled really well as a squad um, and they just worked extremely hard. Um, and yeah, I don't know, it just seemed to click for them yesterday. A great opportunity, um, you know, getting off Ireland as a group, um, you know, that does so much for, for the teams, but just different challenges and um, just helps the boys with new experiences. And um, yeah, it's great for everybody if they can keep these cup competitions going. Unfortunately, it's not cheap. I mean, yeah. we've done one two games already and now they're into the semi-final so yeah it's just you know getting the parents buy-in of it as well to to support their children pay for them to travel over do we know when and who they'll be facing next i understand they're against st Bellard, um date to be confirmed cool we'll be keeping a close eye on that for sure um let's talk about the green lionesses anna because um yeah he had a, another game um the other day away at crawley a one nil defeat in the end but um yeah i mean as far as a score like that is concerned it's kind of playing fresh opposition once again and competing it must be really encouraging yeah it's been um really great actually i mean crawley a really strong side. There was a bit of a mix between the first team and reserves that they played in the cup match because they had a game that weekend as well. But um, yeah, I think we can we can now compete at that level. It's just um, working to improve and, and get better and be able to get a bit more success against those teams. But yeah, we can't fault the girls' effort and what they're taking on board from the coaches. Um, seems to be all going well so far. Yeah, brilliant. And you were able to name five uh, new faces or five debutants as far as GFC women are concerned in the squad. Um, how did they get on? Yeah, uh, that's one of them was Callie coming back from an injury. So she had some game time. Um, yeah, she's just getting back to full fitness. But yeah, she did really well, actually. Um, then Amy Dallimore, who just hadn't played just because of other commitments, but it's been training since we started and she did really well in midfield for us. So, yeah, we, you know, everybody's now buzzing and really wants to be involved. They don't want to miss a training session. They're, they're just fighting for their starting position. Um, you know, there's, there's competition now for places. So it, it just makes it all that, that little bit better. And now you've done three trips. Uh, obviously, I guess the, the squad are sort of getting used to it. Is it only kind of... Um, yeah, intensified the motivation to kind of push on and take it take it further. Yeah, I think so. The, the girls just can't wait. It's always like when's the next game, and even when we were preparing to to play in December against Crawley, fortunately because of the weather and things that get kept getting pushed back. But um, yeah, they they're just <laughs> on my place all the time, wanting <laughs> to get away, wanting to play fixtures. Um, I think it would be really nice if we can get some teams over in the next couple of months. Um, 
just to play in front of a, a home crowd and get some support and let other people see what what we're about and hopefully it will give us uh, good preparation then ahead of the Marty when we look to to pick our representative side. Yeah, brilliant. What what does the rest of the season hold as far as GFC women are concerned now? Yeah, well, as I say, we'll hopefully get some teams over for just some friendly matches. Um, uh, we've entered a cup competition in Jersey, so they've got a league of three teams. Um, so we're joining them to make a fourth team into in a, I think it's the Colin Walsh Trophy. So we're in a semi-final match against Wanderers on the 3rd of March. So that's the next one in the diary and then see how we get on. I guess knowing a bit more about the Jersey opposition, that would be a really interesting marker for you guys um, uh, to see how far you've progressed. Yeah, so the, those are the club sides. So hopefully we'll we'll be on par and um, hope to, to get some success. I um, actually went down to watch one of the games yesterday morning before the Sylvans match. So <laughs> yeah, it's uh, nice to see them all playing their fixtures on a, on a regular basis. So that's just what we want as well. Um, not just... Against the FC and playing away in um, representative fixtures, we want to be able to grow the the game in Guernsey and be able to have some uh, regular fixtures for anybody that wants to play. And are you any closer to knowing what next season will look like? Um, obviously, there was chat about entering a league. Is that on the cards still? Yeah, definitely. That's that's what we want to be in um, come September. So we've had those three games. So each game was in in a different tier of the pyramid so we're then just going to be in talks with the leagues about who, who will have us really in the and go from there but yeah definitely still on the cards and still being spoken about well brilliant well it's good to see um gfc women moving forward uh, we look forward to to uh the build-up to that game in jersey and um yeah thanks very much anna you'll have a few trips then with sylvan's going back there and uh, uh at some point in the next few weeks as well yeah i'll be there to support them Fantastic. Well, thanks for your time. We'll catch you soon. Yeah, no problem. Anna Govine speaking to me there. So, yeah, we'll uh, oh, hope to see them back on home soil before uh, the end of the season. Uh, all right, I think that's just about it from us. Is there anything else that anyone wants to get off their chest? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Not on this again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good. Uh, well, Let's leave it there. Thanks very much to Rehoy and Son, as ever, for their support of the show. Um, yeah, do pick up a paper uh, six days a week for the very best local football coverage, of course. Um, there'll be lots to read this week with that uh, exciting uh, double bill in the Premier League on Tuesday night and building up to GFC at the weekend. So uh, uh, stay uh, right across uh, all of that with the Guernsey Press and uh, we'll see you for another pod next week. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Tony.